0: the truth in this art i am your host rob lee and today i am super excited to be in conversation with my next guest a passionate virtual reality enthusiast the founder of uh, pioneer vr and their mission is to make virtual reality vr more accessible to all please welcome christopher fonte welcome to the podcast hey thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here Thank you for coming on. I'm glad we were able to get connected. You know, those those mutual contacts. I was like, can you reach out to some of your tri-state folks? And now here we are. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to learn some stuff today, I think. And uh, the listeners are are in for a treat, I'm sure. Definitely. And and again, you know, thank you for making it time. Because we all have these, like, super busy schedules. And, you know, I always try to ask people before we go right into it, you know, What's what, you know? What's been the best part of the week and things of that nature? Just to get a little bit, because I've had some folks who will come on and it was like, look, my dog died earlier. I was like, oh, oh wow, do you still want to do this podcast? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, now my my week's been pretty good so far. I'm not in any bad mood or anything, so you know, I'm all ready.
0: And that's great. And um, and and but the, for, for for to start out, could you give uh, the listeners a bit about your background and some of your early like creative interests? Because I think. You know, ultimately, what I what I do in this podcast is really a focus on arts and culture. But I think there's an extension that comes out of that. So, you know, give the listeners a bit about your background and some of your early creative or even technical interest. Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha. Um, so my whole life, I've kind of been really focused on music when I was younger. younger instead of taking sports lessons, I took guitar lessons. Um, and I when I was little, I kind of wanted to do that as like a career kind of make, you know, music, but I've always had a focus on making music kind of like for commercials. Like when I was little, I wanted to do music for commercials. And then when I went to college, I kind of studied how music works with other media, um, which actually got me working with some game developers because I worked on some of their games, their music. Um, And then that was kind of like the segue into finding out about VR for the first time and trying it out. Um, so that's kind of like where the path led from when I was younger, it's kind of like started with music and ended up a virtual
0: reality. Thank you. Wow. You, you see, you're already, you're already answering some of the future questions. So thank you on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're an overachiever. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know if I like overachievers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too much an overachiever. Don't worry. So, so what was it about like, like, like music starting off specifically, cause I, I read a little bit, I think what composing was the background, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I, studied, as I said, like how music works with other media. So when I was in college, I took a lot of classes with, um, the focus on music theory, composition, stuff like that. Um, so I have been playing guitar my whole life, but I really like honed in on my, like the kind of more nitty gritty when I was in college, um, and got a lot more projects under my belt, like working with other filmmakers, you know, people that make games, like I said. Um, so that kind of like led to where I am now, like I said, um,
0: so, yeah, yeah, and um so, like sort of that that career path you you had that that inkling, and I'm seeing you know sort of the one of the earlier dates I saw on the website was twenty seventeen, so it was like that's less than ten years ago, so, so, what was it like were you directly like out of college, you wrapped up and you were like, "I'm gonna start a virtual reality like or a company or what have you, what was that sort of? career path like? Was it, you know, Pioneer uh, was more of the like secondary and then it became like this is the all-encompassing or was it something else? What what was those stops like? And I have a second part to that question.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting story. So I went to college, like as I said, I was studying kind of like media related stuff, but there was this internship and um, I was kind of like at a point where I was a little bit down in my life. I had just lost like a bunch of money. And I got this email that was like internship opportunity. I said, I got to go for this. It ended up being a uh, internship called Young Entrepreneurs Across America. Um, And it was basically an internship where they teach students how to run their own business. And it's a house painting business. So you call yourself student painters. I don't know if any of your listeners ever saw like the signs, but it's kind of like a nationwide thing. Um, So I was like, I got to try this, you know, like, I feel like there's something that's like pulling me towards this. And I ended up just running a uh, college painting business for a summer, hired a bunch of people and kind of got th- like to see what it's like to run a business for the first time. And um, there was a- some ups and downs, but by the end of it, I actually uh, was like the manager of the year for the New England division. So I was like, you know, what's next? Um, so I did help that company with um, some mentorship stuff with other people that wanted to run their businesses after that. But the real next step was Pioneer VR. So when I was done with student painters, you know, had a successful business there. I said, what should I do next? And I looked at virtual reality. I said, this is like an up up and coming thing. Um, I had just gone to PAX East, which was like a kind of like a gaming convention. And I tried VR for the first time there. And I was like, this is something I've never seen before. This is going to go places. And from then on, I just was trying to figure out ways to kind of like make a business out of virtual reality.
0: I like it. And I think. And and I think it's something really really important about that. Like you, you, when you were talking about the painting business, it made me think of this is when I realized I wasn't a sales guy. I'll say that much. When I, I had this, um, it was a capstone course in um, senior like year, and it's like. You got to get this or you don't, you know, graduate on time, essentially, you know, and we're at um, Ripken Stadium here, like in Aberdeen. Um, So in Maryland's like, you know, minor league baseball stadium and we're doing like a trade show and we're selling furniture. And it's like, yeah, just go out there, approach people. I was like, "Mm mm-mm. It's like not a skill that I have. And for context, I'm really tall. I'm like six, four. So you just have like a huge, I had hair at the time. I don't have what I have now. I have hair. So you have like just a large ogre type person, right? Like, yo, look, you want to buy a couch? You know, like I got some good couches. <laughs> a
1: little imposing. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I think it has to do with a lot of like what you're selling and if you actually are passionate about it. Like I've had other jobs post student painters where I had to sell like, um, like electricity, changing people's electricity provider and, you know, random things like that insurance, things that I just really wasn't passionate about. So I didn't, you know, find too much success with that. Um, my, my grandfather was a painter, so I had like already painted with him in the past. So I was like, you know, I kind of had a story there already and I was a little bit like more invested in that and I could kind of see it as it was. Um, and with virtual reality, it's like even easier because it's something I truly am passionate about. So the selling aspect of it, it's kind of like this, just like a free flowing conversation. And I feel like I could just, you know, convey what I need to say, um, even if it's like a salesy type conversation. Yeah.
0: So, in, so I always, I always think that, and this is the, the part B of it, I suppose, I always think that, you know, when we go into something that we're passionate about, we have the passion, we have the energy, but I think, it's always important to have like, you know, somebody that's like sort of that guiding thing. Like when people ask me, how'd you get into podcasting? I got into podcasting 14 years ago. Wasn't a lot of podcasters out there. So I might be borrowing or stealing or being influenced if you will, by some of the early podcasts or some people who are, are radio guys that are doing like, you know, interviews in the morning and such. So for you, and this, you're gonna like this pun I think, is there a pioneering entrepreneur <laughs> that, that you follow their career or influence how you go about your business and, and, and especially in starting off with um, Pioneer back in 2017?
1: Yeah. So there is uh, this one guy. His name is Bob Cooney. He's um, kind of like a, uh, location-based entertainment kind of guru. I guess you could say he's goes all around the world and does classes and helps people like, you know, people that are opening up VR arcades and, you know, even other types of arcades as well. He's like really into that space. Um, so I've been following him. I met him once in person at this convention called VR LA. Um, it was like a virtual reality convention in Los Angeles. That I went to, uh, and I could, I also have like, you know, attended his, um, his webinars and even messaged him on Facebook with questions. So he's kind of been someone I always like look out for, look at his emails. He's like a really good source of information. He goes to all these um, kind of like trade shows. And so he's always, he knows all the current new things coming out, what to look out for. And he gives his recommendations, which I always trust because he has a lot of experience. So um, he's definitely a pioneer in this space and I definitely look up to him.
0: It's great. It's great to have that there. And you know, in, in doing this, like, you know, I was doing mostly, you know, pop culture, you know, like oriented podcasts and there may be some pop culture questions in the rapid fire portion of this, this interview, which be on the lookout. Uh, But I, I, I would have to in trying to make the transition in doing more of these sort of interviews and, you know, I don't have an art degree, right? I don't have a degree. I have a, I have a degree in business, but there are certain things that I just have knowledge gaps. So how do you fill those gaps? It's like having that sort of trusted source that you were de- kind of describing and mine might be audio books. It might be being on someone's mailing list. And it's like, Oh yeah, I send this stuff over and we have enough stuff in our email and we have, um, limited space, like for attention real estate, if you will. So, you know, that stuff got to be good, you know, when it comes over and it's like, I need to use this or I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, college only gets you so far. If, if you want to be an artist and you're passionate about it, you college, you know, could help you with some of the uh, more intricate you know aspects of it. But if you really want to develop your own style you got to learn on your own in whatever way makes sense for you. So it sounds like you kind of figured that out as well with these like, you know, kind of interviews. You're definitely probably learning a lot in these, I bet Um, maybe even more so than you would in a classroom.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and just just going back and like even stealing from your entrepreneur types, you know, like, all right, how can I like scale my business of here? And then suddenly, you know, in three months, we'll partner, we'll release some type of um, we'll release a memo on like LinkedIn that says we're partnering this virtual podcast experience. Sit down with me from uh, using the the the, the freaking gear or what have you. Um, yeah. So. Give us a little bit of because you know that enthusiasm. Right? Give us a little bit of the the history around VR and ultimately what motivated you to like you know you said you said it was scalable. You said it was something that's going to grow like soon. But what was it that really said you know what I'm the person and they built this team out. What was some of those like that that introductory? This is happening and what's something about you know sort of the history of VR that you were like no this is the move. Hmm.
1: Um, so VR has been around for a pretty long time. Like you could look up even on my Facebook page, I sometimes put some of the history of VR, um, in little Facebook posts. And back in the day, like before I was even born, you know, in like the seventies and stuff, they had these huge things, um, that would be like attached to the ceiling basically. And they would have very, really rudimentary like virtual reality applications. Um, so it was definitely, you know, just experimental at the time. Um, but I was saying earlier when I went to PAX to try VR for the first time, um, I went and there was like this room with a bunch of people just demoing games. One dude in the corner had an Oculus Rift, um, which ended up being the headset that I used. And like for when I first started my business and just trying that out, I was like, okay, it's here now. Like I like when I, even when I was little, I had this like virtual reality weird game. It was kind of like you have these gloves and this helmet. And it was kind of like, I don't know if you know what a game and watch is, like, uh, it's kind of like one of those McDonald's like toys you get. That's like a game, but it's really just images yeah. and they like light up. And it was like that but VR was really weird. So like these ninjas would come at you and you would have to like punch. And I was like, this is something. And then going from that, the next like couple of years later, there's this like virtual reality experience where I'm like moving around shooting robots and stuff. And it's like, feels real. I was like, this is like, seemed like an exponential growth curve and this thing's going to get like even better and better. So at that moment I was like, you know, it kind of like clicked in me and I was like, this could be something I could bring to people. Um, so that ended up, that led to me getting an Oculus Rift, like I said. Um, and then I tried it out and I'm like, My computer is like about to explode. Like it does not have the capabilities to run this, all this stuff. So I had to learn a bit more about computers at that point, um, upgrade my PC, get a better graphics card. And, you know, after a while I finally got it working, but I'm like, you know, most people probably aren't going to go through this whole like step process like I did. So I'm like, how could I, you know, show them that this stuff is like really like giving them that first really good experience so that when they do have an opportunity to try it again or even like get it for themselves they'll be like oh yeah like i know i've tried it it's not like scary or anything and i know what it is and so that's kind of like where i feel like my part in this whole virtual reality landscape is um it's always been kind of like showing people who it's like their first time a lot of like old people a lot of really young people
0: and giving them the first really good vr experience that's that's really cool. That's really cool, and I hear I hear I hear the passion there. I hear it. I like it. Um, Thank you. So wh- when I when I hear about sort of the the inaccessibility of it, you know, in your experience, is it just that? Like, it's sort of this tech chasm. Like, I'm I'm not familiar with this. I don't know anything about computers. I don't know anything about the the different tools to actually have that experience. Is it that is inaccessible in that way? Is it usually cost and I ask that because there's always in the background, hey, do some coaching for for podcasts. People don't know how to use the gear. And there's a lot of different things out there that you're like, this is not going to be a good experience. You're not going to want to do this because you maybe don't know anything about computers. You know you want to enjoy this, but you don't know anything about this sort of software or the, t- the choice of mics and so on. And there is a business in that. That's absolutely fine. But it's just like, you know, I find that it's just knowledge base more so in terms of podcasting. What would you say like the main thing around or the main things or main considerations around like VR that makes it kind of inaccessible for folks?
1: Um, so it, I'm, I'm going to say VR has actually gotten a lot more accessible for people. Yeah. Um, when I first started this in 2017, Oculus wasn't bought by Facebook yet. And to play VR, you needed a PC, you needed like these like sensors everywhere. Um, so it was a lot more intricate. Um, so when I first started, that's like where I was. I was like, you know, setting it up with a the PC. Then then the Oculus Quest came out. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a standalone headset. Most headsets nowadays are standalone, which means they don't need all the sensors everywhere. Mm. So that already took that out of the equation. That makes it easier for people. But even further so, you don't need a PC anymore. It's all in the headset um granted the experiences aren't as good as you would get on a pc but it made it so people could just go to the store if they have it in stock buy a vr headset and you're in um so that did make vr a lot more accessible to people but i still found that um a lot of people still you know i've never really tried it but it's on their radar now um so my theory is that you know as we go on people are going to keep adopting it more and more uh, so like kind of like my first phase of my business, like when I started was, you know, bringing it to people, showing it for them for the first time, um, and like giving them that first good experience. Cause it was really hard to get at that point. Now people are like, you know, adopting it more and more. So the next step that I'm up to right now, um, as of this year is I'm, we're making our own content. So now I have, um, a, another developer that works with me and we make, we have four, uh, original games for pioneer VR. One's a driving game. One's a flying game. One's a shooting game. And one is like a walk the plank off of a spaceship game. Um, So we have those four games. We're the only ones that could offer them. Um, And they're also customizable. So we put people's like logos and stuff in it. Um, But the thing that I have that people can't get at their house now, it's not the sensors or the computer. It's like I have this whole wheel set up with pedals and everything. Like you can get that, but most people aren't going to, you know, have a VR headset, have the PC, have the racing wheel. So that's something that we bring now. Um, we also have like a gear that you could, or a, a joystick to fly the flying game. Um, and for the walking the plank game, there's a big piece of wood. Pieces of wood aren't that hard to get either, but that's just <laughs> another thing that we we are able to bring. Um, so people get like a really cool, unique experience that they can't get at home. Um, so I think that these peripherals, like the wheel and everything, yeah. those are kind of what are setting us apart. Um, I'm just always trying to find ways that we can bring something to like that. You can't get at your home to something that goes kind of a little bit beyond.
0: Yeah. And, and we're definitely going to put a pin in, cause you're not going to ask you the, the sort of wrap up questions in the back end of like, what does the future look like? So, you know, just keep down the back burner. Um, mm-hmm. So give me, give me some examples, like you're, you're touching on it there. So definitely some more examples. I see I hear the developer side, is it, you know, who who's like I guess the client who's the customer what have you and sort of what is that experience and not necessarily selling as in the hard sell but selling as in. Hey, here, I'm here as an evangelist for VR, if you will. That's, that's the title you need to add. do that thing on LinkedIn. You're, you're an evangelist for VR, but if you're you're going there, you're doing a demo. How are you getting like the the clients to like kind of adopt and be like you know more interested in even taking that plunge to uh utilize some of the the games that are developed and um just be more aware of, of VR?
1: hmm um, well, back in the day before we had the custom games, um, I did a lot of kind of events like birthday parties and stuff. So it wasn't as hard of a sell um, in that aspect. It would kind of be like, oh, my kid likes video games. You know, we have a couple of kids coming over. Can you bring VR? And I'd say, sure, we could bring, you know, whatever games you guys want. And um, we would go from there. And um, then, you know, over the years, I actually ended up working at this place called VR World in New York City the clientele there was very different. They were older. They wanted to party. They were like, you know, it was like a club atmosphere. Um, so it became less about the VR and more about like the event as a whole. Um, so that kind of like, after we working there for a few years, kind of got me like thinking of the other aspects that go around, like, you know, the VR. And then there's everything else that you can do for the event itself. Um, and then that led to making these custom games because now we can make, if it's like a, kind of, if it's like a game or a party for like the end of summer or something, or like a graduation, we could make the game themed for graduation so that it kind of fits in to the whole event. It's not just like a VR party, you know, it's like like a photo booth edition or a DJ. It's something else that you could add that fits in, but it's just virtual reality. So at the same time, we're able to still achieve the mission of showing people VR. Again, it's still going to be a lot of people's first times. Um, but we could do it in a more like seamless way.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So we, we were talking a little bit about um, your, your day before we got like started in earnest in the podcast. So I definitely want to ask it, but in a different way what is the, what's the first 30 minutes of your day look like on like a work day? And, and when does the laptop, when does, when do you unplug? <laughs> do you ever unplug? Are you plugged in right now outside of this podcast, obviously? So what's the first 30 minutes look like? And when do you, when do you unplug for the day?
1: <laughs> um, honestly, the first 30 minutes of my day aren't too pretty. I'm, I'm usually more active at night. It's when I do most of my work, but I do have a day job just like you. Um so the first 30 minutes of my day are just kind of driving to my job. Um my my day job is I'm a videographer for my local government. So I just kind of take videos for the local town supervisor and edit videos and stuff. Um so but when I get home, you know, I usually I have my my rig over here and my PC. Nice. So I go over there and that's where I do all my work. Um I guess if I was going to be like on a really intense a pioneer VR work day, I'd open up unreal engine. That's the engine, the game engine that we use. Um, if we have a, an event coming up, I go into my two games that I made with a flying and the driving game. So I'll go into those maps, change all the billboards to put people's logos and pictures and, you know, make the game all customized for their event. Um, and then export it. And sometimes I'll like, you know, add more things to the, the game, you know, keep, we just keep improving it as much as we can. Um, and then, After that, I guess, like marketing and stuff that I do, I do all the marketing as well. Um, My day has actually gotten a lot easier thanks to AI. So whenever I have to post something or make an email even, uh, usually we'll just go to ChatGPT and ask it for help. Um, I don't use it entirely, but, you know, it's a good way to, like, you know, get something started, get a good basis, and then you just, like, kind of work around it and, Um, just like that hybrid of like my mind and the AI mind, I think makes my work day go like a lot, lot faster and more smooth.
0: Um, so that's something I've been doing a lot during my work day. I, I hear you on that. And that's, that's why I started laughing. So I'm like, yeah, I've done that a few times where it's like, all right, what am I going to put in here? What, what pitch is what? Yeah. Keep making it better. Come on. Come on, chatty. Make it better. And um, it's, I this is this is unrelated, but it's definitely has sort of a a, a tri-state and definitely a New York connection. I was looking at um, like stats earlier for Joe Namath for some reason, and i like typed it in and I was like, yeah, so what was Joe Namath's touchdown? Interception ratio, and I look at it. I was like, he was trash, and I was like, he's a Hall <laughs> of Famer, and I'm doing all of this. So, of course, I was like, what is Joe Flacco's numbers? And it was like, um th- these are his uh, numbers, and he retired in 2021. I was like, that's not right. That's false. That's you know erroneous. He played for the Jets last year, and it gives me the the thing. I'm sorry, we only go back so far. So there's a limitation there, and it goes back to you know September of 2021. So it's just like learning and and sort of utilizing that. And and I find you you touched on the marketing component and even the email component. I I find that, you know, sort of AI in that capacity is a really good copywriter at times. It's just what are the inputs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a good linguist, but if you're going to like rely on it for factual information like that, then it might not be the best idea. That's why you need to kind of use, like I said, like your mind and the AI both at the same time. Um, that's where you get like the best
0: results. I think use the AI as an assistant, not the, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you can't rely entirely on it. Yeah. There's, there are some people, cause you know, and, 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 I think that's something that ties into a, a, adopting, we don't want people to be Luddites, right. But adopting new technology or new ways of thinking and utilizing technology, you hear all of this news and I've been on it early, you know, like about just sort of chat GPT. I remember that article came out from the Atlantic, I think back in December or January. And people were like giggling about it. And, you know, I work in higher ed. And now we're finding out people are writing like acceptance letters using chat GPT for things that never happened. And like, how do we catch up? I was like, you've known about this for months. You should. (laughs) But people kind of like giggle through all of the things you can do for it. And it's like there has to be a certain limitation there. And, you know, with sort of that emergence of more and more you know, technology, more and more AI kind of being around and being part of conversations regularly, you know, how do you see that within, with regard to, you know, your work with, with pioneer VR?
1: Um, well, virtual reality is kind of like in the same realm, I'd say of that, like, you know, futuristic, almost technology, just like AI is. Um, so I feel like it's kind of only natural that I try and find ways to use it. And, in doing so learn more about it so that when someone asks me about it, like at an event or something, you know, cause people always talk to me while I'm doing virtual reality events and I'm sure AI is going to come into play, um, in, in these conversations. So just knowing a lot more about it and learning about it, um, will help with that. So I could kind of, you know, I, I like to do a lot of like uh, small educational little tidbits when I'm talking to people. Um, I always try and, you know, Include that in the events because I think education is always a really you know good aspect of any kind of business. Um, so if if people want to talk to about AI, I would like to be well versed in it so that I could provide a good input um, in regards to that topic.
0: It's good. So this is the the last real question, and I, and I realize it's more of a combined question. So I'm going to put it this way. Here, so this is, here it doesn't. Here goes. Uh, so. You know, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, what, six years in, you know, as far as Pioneer goes, um, six or seven, six or seven years in at this point. So still under, you know, still under a decade, but going strong, pushing through. Um, So where do you see like in the next, let's say, five or more to seven years? That the sort of virtual reality, virtual reality as an industry looks like, and you know how you know pioneer fits within that. How do you see like your business growing, and how do you see like sort of the industry growing over the next like five to seven years? Sure.
1: Um, well, I mean,
0: I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of a metaverse.
1: Um, I think more and more metaverses are going to keep growing. They already are um, somewhat even like under our noses. It seems that the news and mainstream news outlets really only cared about Facebook when they created their metaverse, which was arguably the worst metaverse that was made. There's like a lot of other ones that are a lot better. Um, One of the best ones that I know about or started actually using recently is called Neos VR. Um, And it's this like metaverse where you could like, you could do like collaboration work with coworkers in VR. So you could be like a cartoon character in VR I'd open up Adobe Premiere in a window here. Everyone could see it. You could like edit there and then open up blender in this window and like import the model right into the game and like play with it. It's crazy. It's like, I'm like, this is like a truly interesting metaverse. That's like actually, you know, there's a vibrant community. People are like gambling in there. I saw like at a virtual casino and things like that. Um, And these things are going to keep, you know, growing, getting bigger, more and more people are going to be using them um whether you know the news tells you or not so i think that's going to be a big part of the future of vr is this kind of like metaverse stuff which is also going to lead into more people getting headsets you know they're going to get headsets so that they could be a part of this of all these like metaverse virtual things um especially young people they see i think their their feeds like their social feeds show them a lot of like funny videos and vr chat and stuff so that's going to down the line they're going to be more familiar with that kind of metaverse and be more inclined to get a VR headset than like an older person. So, you know, as the generations go, more and more people are going to get VR. They're going to be more well-versed with it, which means pioneer VR is going to have to diversify. Um, and like I said, my focus to diversify has always been peripherals and add ons mm-hmm. like that wheel. Um, I have a lot of ideas of different kind of things that, um, we could do with physical props. Um, and I've had this one game brewing in my head. I don't really you know, tell too many people about it, but it involves like kind of it's like a pinata almost. So think of a pinata, but virtual reality. Um, that's as far as I will go with that. But I'm trying to make that into a thing. Yeah. Um, and now that I have this other developer with me, um, we're just trying to get some of these first events going, you know, get our feet off the ground, and then hopefully we could start developing more and more unique experiences um, that are specifically things that you can't get at home. that's how we're going to diversify
0: I love to hear that and continue success that's that's really cool and you know I I I see it like you you touched on you gave very sparse details about this this new one that's brewing up here and I'm like oh okay I can see how that could work so yeah Mm -hmm. shout
1: out to you yeah thank you man and I got a question for you yeah Uh, did you ever try virtual reality I have not have you ever like what's
0: what's your like if if you have to think about virtual reality
1: right now like what, what comes to your mind
0: um, I think of sci-fi movies actually. <laughs> I think it was like Lawnmower Man or something, or even. Uh, <laughs> but but I've definitely seen like the. Because I think I think my partner's son might have one of the headsets, so it's like I've been around it. It's just I. It's just like not really on my radar, or what have you. Not opposed to it. Actually, look, you know, interested in it, but just I just haven't really gone into it. Yeah.
1: Because mm-hmm. um, I think like one. Kind of cool thing that you'd probably be interested in is like virtual meetings um it's it's kind of tough because most people don't have vr headsets they're not willing to try and do a virtual meeting but if you meet someone that's a vr enthusiast like me i'm all down to do that so me and my like the other developer that i meet with for pioneer vr um his name is brian um we actually meet in vr all the time we meet in this game neos we just find a random world that's empty yeah. We actually went to like a Legend of Zelda Island the other day. It was like empty and we just, you know, talk business there. We like shake each other's hand and stuff, sit down and just, it's kind of like having a face-to-face conversation almost like this. And I think there's a lot of companies trying to figure out ways to do just that, but in an even more like official way, like they'll have, you know, your actual face in the game and yeah. things like that. So just keep an eye out. Cause I think maybe in the future you could have a future VR Podcasts podcast in VR,
0: maybe. Oh, that, that sounds really interesting. I'm like, you know, I think for me, from the sort of ideation and acceptance sort of standpoint, once I see it in my head, it's, it resonated. It was very vibrant in my head. I was like, I see that happening now. I can mm-hmm. go to another world. I'm not talking to anybody here anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah no idea definitely keep an eye on it and if you get a chance to try it you should definitely you know try it out i don't know sometimes people try virtual reality for the first time and they're put in like a something like a roller coaster or something that there's a lot of movement and it makes them get sick one thing I've i've learned from having so many people play vr is that games with a lot of movement if it's their first game, you're going to get sick because it kind of get, it messes with the uh, locomotion in your inner ear kind of thing. And it makes your body think like, okay, I'm seeing things move, but I'm not moving. I must be poisoned. And then it tries to like, you, you like get nauseous. Um, but the more you play VR, the less that happens. Like that doesn't happen to me anymore. It doesn't happen to a lot of people anymore. Um, and that only usually happens if you're playing for a really long time. Um, but that's just something to keep in mind. if If you're going to try for the first time, try and do something that's very, You know relaxing something where you're sitting down maybe like a little underwater thing Um, I have my go-to's for like when it's someone's first time playing VR one of them is like um, this game is called a hand tracking simulator just put the headset on you're in you don't have to put controllers in you could see your hands and you're in there's a little like solar system you could like touch the Sun and hold it and touch the earth and then like it's just like it's that simple but you're in VR. You're interacting with stuff, and I didn't need to like explain. Oh, this button does this. This button does this, and you got to move here. You know, so it really depends. That first VR experience is important, I think. So keep yeah, that in mind.
0: I definitely, and so it, it it brings me up with a very simple question before we get to the rapid fire questions. I got like five of them for you. Um, so it, for that, you you were, you were you know touching on how simple it is, and like you have me on the hook right now. Um, so the how. How simple is it for, to get into sort of that introductory experience would, you know, a listener or something, someone just, you know, or your get, or your host right here just have to like go there, buy a headset Is this a specific game. Is there other gear that you need from an introductory standpoint to kind of get started in that experience?
1: Yeah, I'd say you just got to get an Oculus Quest, um, Oculus Quest one or two. They're both pretty good headsets. Those don't require PCs. They don't need to worry about having like a crazy rig or anything, um, so you just get that headset um, and then you just look up like what the top games are. Usually those games are going to be really good. Um, they usually have like super hot up there, which is like a classic, one of my favorite VR games. They'll probably have like VR chat and rec room, which are two pretty good introductory metaverse ty- type of games. Um, and uh, if you want, you could look up like relaxing or like they probably have like a tab for like relaxing games. Those will definitely be good. Kind of like introductory games because they'll probably not require a lot of movement. It'll be a lot more visual, um, which is good to start with, because when you have visuals coming at you and then you also have to do controls for the first time, it could be a lot. Um, So, you know, something relaxing, I'd say, would be a good first game. So, you know, get an Oculus, download some relaxing thing and sit back and enjoy it. And then when you're done with that, you try out a game for the first time, something simple, like super hot that only requires like one button. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's just, you're off to the races. Cause then the whole world opens up and you'll find a whole bunch of more experiences that you'll, some of them are not too good, but some of them are going to blow you away.
0: That's great. I, I, I'm already seeing. I don't know if it's quite the same thing, but I'm already seeing that striking vipers episode of Black Mirror.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that, that that went a little too far that episode. I don't know if we're. I mean, that'd be pretty cool if we could get to that point, but I don't know why they'd make a fighting game that has like their whole genitals all all in there too. Like I felt like that was kind of like a weird game design from from a game designer standpoint, a weird addition. But I mean, hey, it was it was a good episode though. <laughs>
0: Thank you. That that's that's great. And uh it's, it's and it's like a bit of a primer for these uh these next rapid fire questions. And uh but thank you for giving us, you know, all of that insight and your your enthusiasm around VR and around, you know, Pioneer. It's it's, it's great to hear that and, and thank you again. Continue success. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Rob. Yeah. So I have five rapid fire questions for you. They're kind of all over the place, but you yeah, you'll you'll get it. You'll get a flow of it. And as I tell everyone, don't overthink them, whatever your that first answer is. Don't say, no, 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 it needs to be something else. And like I find it all the time when I talk to artist types, I'm like, what's your favorite color? And they're like, here's my three favorites. So I was like, I said favorite, not that favorites, not no s. Uh so here's the first one. What was your favorite game growing up? Um, I've always liked Legend of Zelda, just like the puzzle aspects. And
1: it was just one of the first games I played. So it was and it's also continuing to this very day. So it was something that I kind of grew up alongside with with me. Um, so that's, that's gotta be my all time favorite,
0: probably. Nice. You, you touched on it earlier that you're, you're loving the dual lifestyle, right? Like, like I am, you know, you have the day job and you have the creative work and you have the, the passion project and the passion work. Um, if there was no other, let's say obligations or responsibilities, what would be your favorite time to work? Like time of the day. Yeah. Or, or time of the year. Some people go seasonal. I like, man, I love being <laughs> shut in.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, my ideal time to work is like really late at night. Like, I'm definitely a night owl. Um, I can't even fathom going to the gym like in the morning, like at six in the morning. People that do that are like, I will not, ne- you won't ever see me there. Um, so, my ideal time would be like 11 o'clock to four in the morning, probably. Those vampire hours. I mean, you're wearing black, you have dark hair, sir. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I won't say anything else on that subject, but yeah, I'll leave it at that.
0: It's kind of dark. Uh, what, which, which TV show, which TV show, or movie, or music video, or even cartoons, I suppose. Um, what of those like medias has depicted VR uh, best? And, and I kind of answered earlier that oh, from a movie, from Lawnmower Man or something. But for you, what, what would be that that type of media that's depicted virtual reality best in your opinion?
1: Um. I, so I guess do you know sword art online? Yes. It's like, yeah. it's like an anime, definitely unrealistic. Cause I don't know why there'd be a headset that like puts you into this like state of unconsciousness or whatever. Um, but that game is definitely doable. And people in VR chat actually made the like entirety of sword art online in VR chat for free. Um, so I think that like kind of showed like a good kind of view, not, not like a good view, I guess, but it was like, uh, somewhat attainable thing like you could definitely have a game like sword art online it wouldn't be like you know as realistic like you wouldn't like physically like feel like you're physically there It'd be you know a vr game unless we get to that you know striking vipers level then we might be able to go into sword Art online and get stuck in there um but that was definitely one of my i really like anime and that was like a vr anime so i'd say season one specifically
0: yeah it's definitely my vote it's funny, uh, there's a screen that I have loaded up that actually has some anime on it right now because I was watching something before <laughs> this podcast <No>. started. I'm um, <laughs> looking at that second uh, mediocre adaptation of Junji Ito.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, Junji Ito is one of my favorites, but, yeah, the animes haven't been too, like, able to really capture. There's, there's a few that are pretty good, but a lot of the Junji Ito animes are kind of... I, I like collection... collection.
0: the most part this this most recent one is just like all right guys it has Netflix it has that Netflix thing on it it's a a certain Netflix thing
1: yeah I saw that one too They, they chose like some of the like lesser interesting stories to make videos or to make show a show about which is interesting but um they're making one for Uzumaki I think soon Nice. And it's going to be on Adult Swim. Uzumaki is like one of his most famous works and they're making it like really stylized and putting that work into it. So I'd keep a lookout for that
0: if you're into Junji Ito. I definitely. Am. Uh, I was uh, I, I scared my partner. We're talking about that one, uh, I guess, episode. Uh, it's on Nef- the Netflix series where it's like you're peeling the girl's face off. She's like, come on, man. She's like, can you? <laughs> I was like, it's, it's about finding your inner child. She's like, you're full of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, there's always a little lesson, I guess. You could fi- you could. Pick, pick around and find a lesson out of those but mostly I just watch them because they're just very morbid
0: and I like horror movies and stuff so Well, that next question is is good. Uh, th- these are the last two. What is your favorite horror or sci-fi movie? <laughs> it
1: was written <laughs> already. It was already there. Wow. Um Um, I think my favorite horror movie horror slash sci-fi movie would be event horizon uh, That movie was pretty awesome um, nice. um it's very i like how like 90s it is you know it's like very i, I like that kind of like era um that it doesn't take itself like too too seriously um and it's just like a fun yet scary action-packed movie i think like you know most people can find enjoyment out of that there's other movies that like like skin in a ring i don't know if you ever heard of that so that recent horror movie i really like it but you're not going to get a good reaction out of the room if you play that movie but event horizon like you know it's just a fun movie i think so it's
0: probably my favorite yeah rink was polarizing i saw um event horizon recently cuz i was uh going back through it cuz i think last year it was 25th anniversary so um so yeah it's yeah 97 so yeah every now and again it's just like i want to go back to a certain era and it's like um Spaceship, hell. Yeah, i want to watch, i want to watch it. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. You can just see oh, yeah. Yeah, you, can, you should play Doom
1: if you like spaceships in hell.
0: Well, <laughs> so, this, so, so this is the last one I got for you. Um, and you know, it, 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 since you talked about, you know, you're, you're living that vampire life as it were. And I, I don't know if this, the way that I generally frame this will work. I usually ask people, what is your favorite like late night? I need something, it's gotta be good. It doesn't have to be healthy meal. What is that for you? It might be early morning for you, but what is your, that I need something that doesn't need to be healthy, but it needs to be good. What is that go-to meal for you? If it's late
1: night, um, there's a place called 24 hour bagel here in Long Island that I go to. Um, And I've been going there since I was in high school. I went there like actually right after prom at like four in the morning or five in the morning, I think. Um, And I still go there to this day and I get, it's called the American wedge panini. It's just like a panini with chicken cutlet, bacon, uh, Thousand Island sauce Tomatoes, lettuce And it just In the middle of the night It just it just satisfies, you know And then it's so big, the next day you have some food too For breakfast, so It's my go-to
0: Well, thank you, and you're now officially off of the hot seat So thank you for that um, And in these final moments uh, One I want to again thank you for coming on Spending some time with me, I think we got it And, uh, and two I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners um, where they can check you out, um, Pioneer VR, all of the good stuff, social media, website. I was on your website earlier. Uh, The floor is yours.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you type in Pioneer Virtual Reality on Google, you'll find most of the stuff. If you're on Facebook, just type in Pioneer VR. Instagram, just type in Pioneer VR. Um, The website is just www.pioneervirtualreality.com. And the email address is pioneer virtual reality at gmail.com so as long as you can remember pioneer virtual reality then you should be able to find us really easily and i'm always down to talk even if people just want to like you know have a, if they have an idea they want to talk about it. i call it vr fanboying sometimes at my events like people come up to me and they're like oh my god you could use vr for this and then like i could have it here and then you could have this whole room and i'm like yeah and then i'd like tell them my my side of it and you know what would work and what you know probably won't work in that idea um and yeah i mean vr has the it just makes people excited sometimes when they see the potential so if people want to talk i'm, I'm always available you could email me my my phone number is on the website you can message us directly on the website wherever you need me
0: And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Christopher Fonte for coming onto the podcast from Pioneer VR. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and some virtual reality in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it.